Hi everyone, today I'm going to share my experience of raising pre-seed and seed rounds for two startups that I co-founded. We'll be covering the logistical aspects such as building a deck, deciding on valuation, networking, outreaching, pitching, and structuring the deal legally. We'll also dive into the psychological aspects, such as dealing with rejection, knowing which investors to avoid, and how to save energy during the fundraising process. Fundraising is a painful process for many founders. It takes up a lot of time and energy and puts founders in a difficult situation. Fundraising can be a full-time job, so if you don't dedicate yourself to it fully, you may find yourself raising money indefinitely. At the same time, taking a break from product development and marketing can lead to a fear of missing out. This leads to a catch-22 situation. Founders need money to build a product and start marketing. Investors need to see product and traction before investing. I think you know what I'm talking about. So it's important to assess when fundraising is necessary for your startup. Money and time go hand in hand when it comes to execution. So if you need extra speed, it may be worth considering raising money. However, it's best to exhaust all other means of acceleration before turning to funding. A lot can be achieved with just two, three people in the team, such as building an MVP of your product, using existing no-code tools and testing the product and the market. Raising money too soon or too late can have negative consequences. If you raise funds too early, it can take away time and energy from product development and may lead to growing the team before proving your ideas. On the other hand, raising money too late can lead to lost momentum. It's important to get the timing right. Dedicating adequate time to fundraising is essential, as it allows you to kill two birds with one stone. Fundraising isn't only about money. It's also an opportunity to build relationships with investors who can provide feedback, introduce you to other founders, and point you in the right direction. Your early investors will be the first to use your product and give you a valuable reality check. From my experience, I found that fundraising offered me more insights into the market than initial research. To make the most of your fundraising efforts, you should be systematic and prepared for long-term process. To get started, you will need a few tools. A DAC, intra-email, outreach email, a CRM to track your pipeline, and a list of investors. We'll further discuss these individual elements in detail. Let's start with a deck. Building a deck can be time-consuming, you know it. So, if you're short on time, you can begin with a basic Google Doc file that covers the basics. Market, problem, solution, team, and why now is the right time. So, you can start pitching your idea to your friends, their friends, and anyone else who will listen right away. This will give you a better idea of how people react to different aspects of your pitch, and you can adjust accordingly before creating an official deck. When you do create your deck, I suggest using a service like pitch.com, which allows you to track who has opened your deck. Plus, everyone always has the latest version since you only send the link, not a PDF file. 
Before pitching to real investors, my advice is to take your new deck and practice on your friends again. It's likely you will need to pitch at least 30 times to your close community to gain the confidence to pitch to real investors. Your pitch should be like a TED talk, be energetic and passionate. You should speak without hesitation and radiate confidence. People will pick up on whether or not you believe in yourself and your startup. My second piece of advice is to keep your deck as short as possible. If it feels easier to pitch without a deck than with one, then it's likely there are some unnecessary words in there. Remember, you create a voiceover deck that you can use for a live presentation rather than just sending over. When you pitch, don't read through your slides, as this will make you lose charisma. Use slides as navigation for your story. Lastly, my third piece of advice is to constantly update your deck. Make changes to slides after each pitch if something didn't go as planned or you felt that you lost your flow at certain slides. From time to time, rebuild the deck from scratch. This will help you gain a better understanding of your product, market, and problem and give you an improved story to tell. Don't feel like you are stuck with your slides. Ultimately, you are selling the future through storytelling, not slides. Now let's talk about finding investors. At first, you should prepare a list of investors in your own network. If you don't have your own network, the best way to find the investors is to ask your friends to connect you with the investors they know. They likely won't send a cold intro. It's more professional for them to reach out to investors directly and ask if they would like to speak with you. And only after that, make an actual intro. As your friends are doing you a huge favor, it's important to help make the process easier for them. The best way to do this is to provide them with an introduction email with your blurb. For example, I don't know, hey Mike, my friend George has created an incredible startup called Hints that helps people use productivity software smarter. The AI system provides a language interface so users can perform tasks on their CRM or project management software quickly and effectively. They're currently raising funds, and I thought you might be interested in speaking with them. Obviously, it's better to add some numbers, something that will create an interest for investors. Writing this email will take the stress of your friends. They just need to send it out, and this is it. The email should be a teaser, so try to make it as concise and intriguing as possible. The goal is to get investors to express interest in having a call not to walk them through all detail of your startup. I made these mistakes many times when I was first writing this email. I tried, you know, to put all my story, all numbers, everything in one email, and apparently it looked just too long to read. So then, you know, after five, 10 iterations, I made it very short and very simple. I also recommend keeping the email in the Google Doc, as you can update it uh, with any new information or a better way to describe the product. Generally, around 30% of these requests result in introduction and an actual call. So if your friends ask 10 investors to speak with you, on average, there should be about three interests. After using your friend's network, you will need to begin your own outreach and you will need an outreach email. This email will be similar to the first one, but this one you will be sending to investors yourself. So you should tune it a little bit. You can start by researching cool startups in your market, finding their investors and reaching out to them on their websites, 
you can find a lot of information about their previous ambassadors. So try to be more prepared before reaching out to them directly. You can use Twitter, LinkedIn to reach out. The conversion rate will be low, but it's still worth it for competitor analysis and a better understanding of the market you're in. I know mass email newsletters can be tempting, but they should only be used if you know what you're doing. If done correctly, they can be effective and generate around 3% conversion to calls. Doing it correctly means that nobody should know it was a mass email. You could also hire an outreach firm to reach out to investors on your behalf. But be careful, as it can seem overly intrusive in the wrong hands. In general, I don't recommend doing it if you have any other options. Now, a pro tip for building your pipeline. Don't start pitching to real investors until you have a list of at least 50 people or companies. It's important because if you don't have this list, your fundraising can take forever. You will send one email, wait a few days, and then send another one. Information spreads quickly. So if investors know you started your raise in March and then in December you are still trying to raise your first 500k with the same valuation, your fundraising will raise a red flag. It's much better to prepare the list first and then reach out to everyone within one week. This will create momentum. In your list, you will have three types of investors. Those you can reach out to directly, those you will need to reach out to via introductions, and those you can only contact through cold outreach. Managing this pipeline can be overwhelming. To stay organized, I'd recommend using CRM. You can use some simple and cheap CRM like Pipedrive, but it's not necessary. You can use just a Google Doc or a Notion template. The only problem with using a CRM is updating it by hand. It takes a lot of time and energy. When you're having back-to-back -back calls, sweating and hustling, you don't have extra energy. This is where I use the Hints AI Assistant. I integrated it with my Notion template and could fill out the CRM from Telegram on the go. Same way you can integrate Hints with Notion, ClickUp, Jira, Google Calendar, Obsidian, and Trello. By the way, you can get a 30% discount if you use the coupon fundraising. The link is in the description. VC networking is a separate topic that I want to cover. Too often founders forget that fundraising and networking are two different things. It's best to start building your network of VCs before you begin raising capital. Reach out to potential investors, ask for advice and stay in touch, update them from time to time. Also, use your founder's network to build trust and eventually ask your founder's friends to help you with interest. It's always better to help other founders first before asking them to help you with introduction to the investor network. When you have your pipeline of investors in place, deck ready, pitch prepared, intro and outreach emails drafted and CRM set up, it's time to discuss the legal aspects and valuation. The industry standard is to incorporate in Delaware, US, and use SAFE, which stands for Simple Agreement for Future Equity. Delaware is chosen by 99% of startups as its laws are favorable for both startups and VCs. Many VCs won't consider investing unless your company is registered there as their lawyers are familiar with the rules of this particular state. SAFE is a great invention by Y Combinator, 
that allows startups to sign an agreement quickly without involving lawyers, which saves time and money on legal fees. There are different types of safes. The two main parameters to consider are the cap, it's similar to valuation, and the check size. You can find many videos about safes online and find the safe documents on the YC website. Also, I used clarkey.com to automate the process of sending safe agreements to investors. It's uh, also helped me to set up a legal entity and have the package of all documents you will need to hire people, give stock options, etc. The link is in the description as well. Apart from saving time and money, SAFE is great because you don't have to wait for a round to close. You can just raise 10-20k from your friends and family and keep increasing the check size and valuation over time. There is no need to divide your fundraising into pre-seed and seed stages. You can do it, but it's not necessary using SAFE. You can start with small checks and lower valuations and gradually increase both. Basically, you don't have a deadline. After you raise, let's say, 3 million in total from 20 people at different valuations, you can announce it as your seed round. Now let's talk about valuation. It's subjective and varies between Europe and the US. Pre-product startups typically raise a valuation of 5 to 10 million in the US, whereas those with products and some revenue can expect an average of 10 to 15 million. As I already mentioned, fundraising through SAFE enables you to increase your valuation with every check you receive. For example, if investors are comfortable with the 5 million valuation, next time you can raise it to 6 million and see how they react. At Hints, we started to raise at 6 million and eventually increased our valuation to 12. We had what's called a party round which means we raised our first 2.2 million from around 15 angels and funds led by Altair VC, a great fund that backed us at my previous startup Get Intent, which we sold in 2019. I began with checks ranging from 30k to 100k, which helped me to create momentum and then secure bigger checks from institutional funds. Before beginning a fundraising campaign, it's essential to set realistic expectations. For first-time founders without an extensive network, it may take up to a year to raise the first 500k. This includes building connections, perfecting the pitch, and gaining confidence in what they are doing, and making one or two pivots as well. Be prepared for that. Even experienced founders may require up to six months to prepare their pitch and become comfortable with it. The process isn't only time-consuming, but also very energy-consuming. Setting realistic goals is the best way to save energy and avoid disappointment. Additionally, it's important to be mindful of investors that could sap energy. After some calls, you may feel motivated and energized even if they got a no. After other calls, you may feel drained and demotivated. It's essential to be aware that at the early stage, there are many professional angels who may be passive-aggressive or slightly toxic. I recommend only talking to VCs that you like personally. In my experience, I've had around 300 VC pitches. I've never raised money from anyone with whom the first five minutes of conversation was uncomfortable. Never. You feel it. It either goes well 
or not. If not, I prefer not to waste my time and their time as well. Lastly, I would like to stress that the success of fundraising is solely dependent on how much you believe in yourself and your startup. And the best way to bolster confidence is to build products that people need. Investors are humans, and when they witness that one has faith in their product and isn't being unrealistic, they will be encouraged and ready to join the journey. Now a quick recap. When fundraising, it's important to keep the process as efficient as possible. To get started, take the time to do your homework. Create a Google Doc outlining your pitch. Practice your pitch with friends. Make any necessary changes to your pitch and build a deck accordingly. Practice your pitch with a new deck again until you feel confident and know it inside out. Write an intro email, which will be used by your friends to connect you with their network. Write an outreach email, which you will use to connect with the investors you don't know. Set up a simple CRM. I recommend using a Notion template. The link is in the description. Build a pipeline of potential investors. Decide on valuation. Prepare a safe template or use Clarity. The link is in the description. Once you have done all of this, you are ready to start fundraising. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to leave a comment. If you enjoyed this video, subscribe to the channel and stay tuned for more tips about fundraising, building products and productivity.